Hey, this is Alex Terranova, and this is the Dream Mason Podcast. We've been taught to behave, to fit in, to follow the rules, but Dream Masons reject conventional thought. Dream Masons are rebels. They take a chisel to the marble that is typical traditional life. They carve out brilliance and broadcast it to the world. Join me for another chapter as we unmask convention, embrace the rebels within us, and more deeply come to explore the complex and agitated edges of our existence. Now, before we get started, please don't be a rebel yet and grab your phone and hit that little button that says subscribe. Thank you. Because your dreams don't build themselves. What's up? Welcome back to the Dream Mason Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Terranova. After some recent podcasts I've recorded, I feel weird saying my own name. Uh, I've had people be like, your name should be is special. It feels fake. And I'm like, what are you talking about? My name feels fake. But apparently some people think my name feels fake. It is not fake. I assure you, Alex Terranova is my given birth name. Uh, Terranova is my real last name from my dad's side. Um, I'm going to jump in. We're going to jump into this episode pretty quickly because my guest is done a lot of cool things. He's up to a lot of cool things. He's totally a creator. And I want him to be able to have ample time to share all the things that he's created, all the knowledge. I really want to get into how he got to where he is and learn his story. And I I think the thing I want to share before we jump in so we can look at it from his lens is I was having a conversation this morning actually over breakfast. And we were talking about my social media and the way I show up online. and, And my friend was like, you know, I don't like the way you show up online. It doesn't seem like you all the way. It's like not fully real. And I'm like, what are you talking about? They're like, well, you're just like, I don't know. It's just, there's something like you're holding back. It's not authentic. It's like, you don't want to offend people and you don't, so you're like not letting everything all out. You're just not fully being yourself. And I was sitting there and I was like, man, cause I'm a, like a life coach that hates life. And they started laughing and, and, and look, I don't, I want to be really clear. I don't hate life. I'm not suicidal. I don't want to end my life. That's not, I don't think that's a good option. And I also have this awareness that like whatever's next, and I say this from like a spiritual place, occurs like it's like going to be so much better. And that this is kind of like, I don't know, this is like a warm up or something. And I look around and there's just so much like miserableness in the world and so much, so many people are suffering and there's, it's so difficult for people to like be happy and joyful and like, and create the lives they want. And, and maybe it's difficult as an opinion, maybe it's not difficult, but that's the perception. That's the way my lenses see the world. And I think one of the things that I got out of this is, you know, I don't think I'm alone in that I have an epic life. I have an absolutely amazing life that I know I'm in the 1% of the opportunities I have and the privilege I have and all the things I have. And I'm actually extraordinarily grateful for that. I can't imagine what it would be like to be worried about my rent or a disease, like having cancer or um, being in a a war-torn country or even, you know, having to be a minority or a woman in America and dealing with some of the problems that as a white man, I don't, I just don't have to deal with. And it doesn't change the fact that inside of my head, it's negative. It's like always looking for what's wrong. It's judgmental. It's assessing everything. I'm never good enough. And I think part of my journey in being a coach is is to is been for myself, but knowing that I'm also not alone in this. The way I feel, even living the great life that I have, is I'm not the only one. 
and that the work I do on myself is ultimately work that I can help other people with. And I can't kill my ego. There's a part of it that's always going to be there. It's always going to be there. I can just do the work to get more control over it so it doesn't run me as much as uh, as it has in the past. And um, And every day it gets a little bit less, and every day life becomes a little more joyful. But I think this will be a cool thing to to get our guest's opinion on and thoughts on um, because he's a doctor, first of all. So let me introduce our guest to you. Our guest today, uh, he's a doctor first. You should know that doctor, like a real doctor doctor. So he's a doctor of uh, organizational leadership. He supports organizations to become places where people love to work. He helps individuals create lives that they would love living. He's created so much content. He has a journal that has tons of his worksheets, which I really love the idea because it helps people that maybe can't afford or aren't ready to take on coaching. They can use this journal. They can use some of his tools at a much lower kind of buy-in or risk than having to hire uh, you know, him one-on-one. He also created a supplement, which is called the Breakup Supplement. I don't, I don't even want to get into that. I want him to talk about that. But I love the idea that he created something to help people by taking a pill with their emotions through breakups. He's been published all over the place. He's a coach and a consultant. And he's been featured everywhere from TEDx to the Huffington Post to the Good Men Project to Live Strong. He's been on NBC, CBS, ABC, all over the place. Dr. Ben Ritter, what's up, man? How are you? How's it going? Thank you for that lovely introduction. I almost forgot I was a doctor, so I appreciate that, you know the <laughs> emphasis there. Really kind of helped me remember those, those years of schooling and research. <laughs> uh, I, I loved what you just spoke about, by the way, and I actually just had a very similar thought. I was in I was in Utah, and I was on Angel's Landing at the top of the peak, looking off, sitting next to my friend who who isn't a coach, and I just started blabbering about how. You know, I love to explore the world and see the world, but I wish I didn't have access to do it because all these options and opportunities have led to all this, you know, grief and stress. And I'm just like, man, I just, it's, I love my life. I love the things I have available to me, but life is tough. And it's funny, I literally just had that that conversation (laughs) and that thought. And I just like had this flashback to that moment. Um, And it's, you know, do you reveal those tough questions to the world when the people that are listening maybe aren't at that point uh, because I, and, and maybe, and those points may be misconstrued, right? Cause they don't have like the years and experience that you have um, as a coach and, and through your own development. And I think, you know, throwing those questions out to the public because it's your true self might actually, you know, prevent them from learning who you truly are because it will, it will turn them away and turn them off from listening even further. Mm. Yeah. You know, and I think that's a scary thing about it right? Like my brain, my ego for the most part tells me, you know, you have to, you have to show up in a certain way or you have to try to do it in a certain way. People might get afraid or might be turned off. And I think the thing I'm in my, in my personal journey is that people are going to decide on their own, whether they are going to like me or not like me. Like I actually can't control that, right? Like if I try to control the uncontrollable, like that's just not even a thing, right? So I think I think from my commitment, I'm so committed to being authentic and showing up as the real me and continuing to peel layers off because it's not like you're authentic and then you're done. It's like there's layers and layers and layers that finding my real true voice and telling my real true truth for me is is the only way. And 
getting past my ego, which doesn't want me to do that because it's terrified of the judgment and the shame and the guilt and, and on being wrong and maybe offending someone. For me, it's like, I have to do it. I know it's part of my call. Like I know it inside and it's continuing to practice and having friends that call you out and be like, dude, I don't like who you are online. It's not bad. They're like, it's just not when I'm hanging out with you, I get so much more of you. And I, and they were like, I want that much to show up online. And I was like, oh, that'd be cool. How do we do that? And then it was like, oh, I don't know. Well, let's just start filming you randomly instead of them being like, let's film now. And I was like, well, that's kind of fun. But ultimately I think it's also just getting out of my own head and not trying to occur as like, I, I shouldn't say this or I should say that. Just say what's real for me. Yeah. When you are your brand, you know, authenticity isn't, isn't really preparation. It's like, let's right. throw that GoPro on and just walk around and see what comes out. Mm -hmm. um, I, I would admit that at least from my perspective and my, like, if I was saying I'm being authentic, it's, there are certain thoughts that aren't truly who I am, but they're thoughts. Mm -hmm. they're like as much as, you know, cause I can sit here and, and think about the strife of life and living and what opportunities bring to us and, and the stress that it can cause and such, but that's not my belief, sure. right? That is like a thought that I would love people to ponder and think about. And I think it's, I guess you're right. You know, how do you, how do you, like, how do you detach your, uh, your own self to, uh, from that belief and put it out there and, and not be worried about any sort of like reactions or, or putting someone off or rubbing someone the wrong way, you know, more so I'd be, I'd be afraid of steering someone the wrong way with some mm -hmm. of my beliefs because they are just, you know, thoughts that <laughs> yeah. I ponder and think about. Yeah, totally. And I don't, I think my, I think the thing is, it's not that my, for me, that's not my beliefs that are the things that I necessarily want to share, like how I think about things. It's more about my experience. I was, mm -hmm. I was working with my own coach the other day and he was like, he reflected back to me, man, it sounds exhausting to, to, to live the way that you live with yourself and be, and the way to kind of shortcut this a whole coaching session into a few words was like, I essentially live my life for home runs or strikeouts. Mm -hmm. And, but then like, I'm, if I go up, if you go up to the plate looking to hit a home run every time, you're going to strike out a lot, right? That kind of comes with the territory and it's a very all or nothing kind of way to look at things. And it's exhausting because when I hit a home run, I'm like, yes, I'm amazing. I'm the best. And then when I'm striking out, I'm like, I suck. I'm the worst. And it's this, there's so much pressure to hit a home run. And then there, and when I, and there's so much, uh, it's exhausting to to push myself to play at this level, which has the experience of life be exhausting and hard and tiring. And he was like, dude, you can keep playing that game. You're crushing that game. Like, what's the thing he, the, the phrase he says, most of us are, most of us are winning the game that we're playing, but we often don't realize we're playing that game. And he's like, so if you want to keep playing home runs or strikeouts, by all means, like who am I to stop you? But it sounds like you're actually exhausted and it's worn out and you're tired. So if you want to change it, and I think that's where it's not how to, it's for me, sharing that experience is like, cause I think there's people that think, man, this guy's life is so great. Well, he can do those things because his life is so great and I can't because it's not. And it's like, hey, there's actually these things that we don't show. And I think sharing them could open doors for people to be like, man, what would it be like if I saw a therapist or what would it be like if I got a coach or if I went to some transformational workshop? How is it, you know, you were saying that experience on the lift, what got you to this place? Like what had you take on a life of, of personal growth, personal development, and even want to like support others in the same way? 
Yes, so many moments. And I think it was, you know, in the past I had that home run or strikeout mentality. And I, you know, I define success as was that a home run or did you strike out? And then I internalized all that and allowed it to eat away at who I was. Um, you know, I, I take it all the way back to when I wanted to play uh, soccer professionally. I was an undergrad. I was playing collegiate. I was playing collegiate soccer. I basically dedicated my life to the sport. I would practice three times a day. Wake up at 4 a.m. Go running on the beach. Come back. Kick around a ball. I'd watch only games on TV. I would isolate myself. I wouldn't be friends with people because, man, going out and drinking was taking away from that purpose. And that really altered who I was as a person, right? It, it, I developed a severe lack of self-confidence. I didn't have any strong social relationships. Um, because of all that, I was socially awkward. didn't really see any other future or vision that was not that sport. Uh, and then that I failed. So not only now, you know, did I not have what I cared about, what my, pab- my passion, my purpose was, but I was socially awkward. I didn't have any friends, you know, and I was, and I was felt alone. So I kind of hit rock bottom in that point in my life. And for me personally, that was a tough time, uh, but I was achievement oriented. I was success driven, right? Cause I wanted to be this, you know, superstar athlete. And I took all of that energy and I used it to learn about how to develop myself and how to change my life. And, you know, fast forward four and a half, five years. And I was happy with who I was. I defied myself who I was. I believed that values were the most important. I believed that, you know, we, we were greater than our purpose and that nothing could be greater than who we are, you know, because we create our purpose. And I just lived, lived a normal life. I didn't really think anything of it uh, as coaching as a profession um, until one day I was out being social. And someone came up to me and said, you have to meet my boss. And I met his boss. And that's when coaching started. That's where actually, you know, I got started in the field as a dating and relationship coach. And that's how that, that maybe I could be a coach professionally and that, how that kind of thought process began, you know, and I've done a lot of pivots in, in my career and I can get into those, but that was really the, the beginning. What do you see? Cause I, I talked about in the beginning as like you were, you stepped into relationship coaching and you do consulting. What do you really see? What's your view of like, why are they different for people that don't know? What's the big difference for you between consulting and coaching? Uh, well, so over time, you know, my, my desires of, of how I want to coach change based on my experiences. And so for the past three and a half years, I've really been focusing on kind of like the workplace and career and, you know, finding fulfilling and meaningful work. And a lot of that has been internal in organizations and I've had to be a consultant. You know, I've had to come in and be the expert in the room. I've had to come in and give direction and give solutions where coaching is very much, I'm going to help you find your answers. And we're going to go at your pace, um, but we're going to take action. And, and consulting is very much, I have the answers. I'm going to give them to you. These are why they're the answers. Now let's make a plan to implement them. Um, and honestly, I think that, you know, the way that I coach is a combination, but I ask permission to be a consultant when I am coaching. I love that. That's, that's like really well said. I would describe it exactly the same. And I, the thing that I wrote that I think that I, that I like that how you said it is, as a consultant, I am the expert. As a coach, you are the expert, meaning you yeah. as the client. Um, do you ever look back? You know, you you talked about soccer as being something you were so passionate about, and now you have a life that's so different. Do you ever look back and have, like, think about that? Like, man, I wish I was playing soccer. Like, I wish, you know, have regrets or thoughts. There, there was such an interesting evolution, like, after I, I – internally gave up the idea of playing professional soccer and it was this i can be more 
And it was, I can do more. I meant to have a larger impact. Like my skill sets, who I am, like I, that would have been a limitation. And that might've just been me like validating the fact that like you know, validating that upset as, as having a purpose in my life. Um, but I, I couldn't watch a soccer game for like five years, man. I would not sit in front of the TV and watch it. I, I didn't like, I didn't want to connect with the sport. I distanced myself from it. I mean, it took time to accept that transition and change. And I don't like regret any of those moments in my life because they taught me some incredible lessons. And every single trauma that I've experienced in my life has launched me forward as a coach. I mean, I've learned so much about myself and I don't know if I would have ever learned those lessons if I didn't have those experiences. And I was sitting and actually having a conversation with one of my mentors and they were just, they were super curious. How did you get to where you are today? And I was like, honestly, I would not be where I am if I didn't have to figure out solutions to those really tough moments. And I think some people deal with trauma and they, they kind of internalize it. They accept it. They allow it to control and alter their life path. And some people look at trauma and say, okay, what can I learn from this? What are the solutions here? And how, you know, how can I prevent this from happening again? And how does this steer me in on a course that maybe adds more value to my life? And that's what soccer did. Mm. Do you, what's the, when you think about the biggest challenges, what uh, do you have? A, I mean, are there certain ones that really stand out in your life as like the, I'm, I'm necessarily wouldn't necessarily want to experience that again, but I'm so grateful that I did experience that such and such experience because it was so challenging or so hard. And this is what I learned from it. Yeah. And, and so not, not talking about breakups because I've had my few, you know, negative relationships and ones that were incredibly abusive. And they taught me a lot about people and, um, you know, emotional management and awareness, especially with connecting with other people. And I think anyone that's struggling with a breakup or relationship right now, I mean, what you're learning is, is so valuable. That's going to learn you, lead you to more successful relationships in your future. Um, but one of the, one of the really difficult times was out of grad school. This is when I did a joint MBA and MPH and, um, I was actually thinking of launching a food company, uh, but I was out of grad school and I was searching for a position in public health policy because I was super passionate about nutrition, super passionate about changing, you know, how, how food corporations are structured and marketed throughout the United States and throughout the world. And I had a job with the Illinois Department of Public Health. I, uh, and I was, I was looking uh, to just continue my career in that area. Uh, and then the recession was pre kind of hit pretty strongly and all federal and state agencies lost a lot of funding. So that job was cut. Um, every other contract that I got, this happened three times after that in a row, uh, every other contract that I got from like the CDC or other public health departments uh, and that I signed uh, were canceled literally like a week after I signed them. And so for two and a half years, I worked in hospitality as a bartender. I was a brand ambassador. I dressed up in costume character <laughs> outfits and served shots in bars. Um, and that, you know, I also became a, a part-time dating coach at that time. Um, all of those, all those opportunities were things I needed to make a living uh, because nothing else was working, but I got, I got lost, man. I, I really stopped living a life with, with any sort of purpose or meaning uh, and, you know, was staying up way too late, drinking too much, waking up in, you know, in bed being like, what just happened? Uh, and I, I can remember the, the specific point, like the specific day, the sun was shining through my, my blinds that were open. I was laying in bed after another long night and I like shot up and I was like, this needs to stop. And it's when I got my shit back together again. Mm -hmm. And it's, I don't know if I can swear. Sorry. Yeah, you're good. You're good. 
but yeah, that, that, I mean, this it wasn't a moment, right? It was two and a half years of who am I? Things aren't working out. Things aren't, you know, I can't control this, but everything seems to just keep steering me off course. And I let it steer me off course. And I had to, I had to take the reins back and say, it doesn't matter what's going on. I need to be who I am. I need to live true to who I am. Uh, it taught me a lot about, taught me a lot about control. Hmm. I think you started with relationship stuff and you almost, it's funny that you like almost were like, I don't even want to get into that. I, I, that made me think about, I think some of the best, you know, lessons I've learned were because of things like that. You know, the, the, the actual relationships where your heart got broken or you had to question things or you, you know, maybe you uh, got disappointed or surprised by someone else that it just made me think when you were talking, I was thinking about that. I, I was answering the same question in my head and I, I came back a lot to what I learned from relationships. Cause I think relationships are often just a mirror that we're like getting to see ourselves reflected back off of. Let's talk about the, the biggest, I'm, I'm curious when you, the biggest challenges that you're having, like with supporting people individually, you know, I know that uh, people come to me, and they like tell me these things they want. They have these big goals and these big visions. And I would say one of the biggest challenges that I notice on a recurring basis is people come back to, they might say they want these things. They say they're up for it. And then a little bit of time goes by and all the circumstances of life kind of like sit them back down and like, no, just, you're just going to stay where you are and getting them to get like to, to fight through the muck or whatever life throws at you seems to be a thing that I think is holding back so many people. What do you find like that is challenging, you know, with the people that come to you? Yeah. And, and to kind of quickly note on what you mentioned about relationships there, I think relationships, one of the greatest lessons they taught me was to be true to your values and what you stand for. Um, and too often people, they start dating somebody and they create like an emotional connection. Um, prior to actually knowing who that person is. And so three months in, six months in, they're severely, like, severely connected to someone. You know, they love them. They're completely uh, enamored by them and they can't think of their life without them. But they learned over that time also that, that their values aren't aligned and that there's conflict and that they're not with someone that truly will lead to like a long-term successful relationship. Uh, but they stick with it, right? And all that creates is conflict and stress and frustration and eventually probably leads to, to leaving each other or, you know, maybe cheating in that relationship because you're eventually being incredibly unhappy or sacrificing your values and, you know, maybe working it out right on a positive note. But so you take that lesson and move it to that example that you just kind of offered it. And, you know, people have this idea of what they want to do, but life holds them back. And it's, you know, they're allowing their emotions to hold them back in that area. And they're forgetting what they truly stand for and what they care about. And so it's almost like they're misprioritizing, you know, their life. And it's, you know, you, you wake up and you're like, this is what I think I want, but everything else takes priority over what you want because you aren't entirely sure on what you care about and why you care about. There's like this lack of clarity um, and it leads to just feeling stuck. And a lack of clarity also leads to a lack of confidence. And so if you, can't, if you don't think you can do something and you don't know exactly what you want to do, you for sure are just going to, you know, be a, you're just going to react to what life brings you you're not going to be able to prioritize anything. And those are, those are actually the three C's of self-leadership, which I talk about a lot with my clients and in workshops. It's just, 
If you don't have clarity, confidence, or control in your life, it's very difficult to take any action. And, and to your point, one of the greatest issues that I see are people that think they want something, but, don't, but aren't entirely sure what that is. And so they just continue on with life the way it is. Hmm. Man, that is like so true. The like I I mean it's so identifiable. I can think back at so of so many relationships that people are amazing, right? Like I wouldn't go back and undate anyone that I've ever dated. They were all great. And I learned so I learned tons from all of them and the experience grew me and it helped me move to the, like the next person even more powerfully. But if I look back, I can totally recognize and I can see it in other, you know, in friends and whatnot too, that like you, you do, you, we like, we find people, they're interesting, they're funny, they're smart. They have all these things. They're pretty, like whatever. And we get enamored with them. And then we do, we, all of a sudden we, there's like these emotions, which are, is love is an emotion. It's a feeling. And then all of a sudden you're like, man, we're not aligned at all. But yet now we're in love and the fear of like unlocking, of like walking away from that is terrifying for most of us. Yeah. And then think about that with work. I mean, mm -hmm. you're in a job and it pays your bills and it was something that you took for whatever reason. Maybe you thought it'd be great or maybe it's something that you had to take because of your circumstances. And so now you're in this job and it has its hold on you because you it's what you're good at potentially and it's what provides for you each and every single day. And now you're just like, well, I don't enjoy what I'm doing. I don't feel that it's meaningful, but how do I walk away from this? And can I walk away from this? Am I even capable of walking away from this? And so, you know, I'm working with clients that have been in the same position for someone like, I had to deal with this for six years and I'm finally ready to walk away. I'm like, what happened the last six years? <laughs> mm. Yeah, that's like, I'm thinking about all the different the, the clients I've had, the relationships I've been in, the jobs I've had and people listening, like, you know, I hope that as someone's listening to this, they see, they hear something for themselves, like the opportunity that's available. If, if you can kind of open your perspective that I came up with this phrase recently, like a life pretending isn't worth living. And to me, that's what a lot of this, like pretending to be in that relationship, like because we're in love, we're pretending that it works, like that we're aligned and it's going to get somewhere, pretending that the job is the right job or it's good or whatever it is. And, and, and to that point of that person, it's like you just lost five years of your life or 10 years of your life or whatever. And it doesn't mean you can't take something away from it or learn from it, but what if it didn't have to be that long? What if it could, what if you could have learned that less? Like there's nothing that says you have to spend five years to learn a lesson. Maybe you could have yeah. learned it in two months. What do you, when you look at how far you've come, what do you see as like the next personally, like the personally like evolution for you? What's that kind of thing that you're like, man, I need, if I can like elevate myself to get over this hump, it's going to like unleash me in a whole new way. I love this question. And I love all of your questions because I literally... I've been thinking about these questions myself, uh, man. I think it's like personal evolution kind of makes me think, well, what's going to go wrong in the next couple of years? <laughs> and how am I then going to learn from that? Dude, am I um, honestly, is my brain infecting your brain right now? That's where my brain <laughs> uh, osmosis. Uh, I, I, like a, the biggest thought that I've had now, and this is really like, how can I think bigger? Um, and how can I actually let go of my own constraints and limits? 
uh, for my own professional success and for my own life. Uh, because I feel like, I don't know about you, but I've, I really, in, I, I feel comfortable each and every day. Right? As much as we talked about in the beginning, like this, you know, oh, oh, woe is me in terms of opportunities and, and things like that and stress. But really, honestly, like I have a really comfortable life where I feel fulfilled and I feel happy. And I know, I know my emotions and I know how to create other emotions by my experiences. And so, you know, I almost felt like I was getting too comfortable uh, and also like too, too unattached right, to outcomes. And so I think my next personal evolution is maybe to say, you know, what's bigger? How can I feel more enthusiastic about things? Right, other than just being. And so I'm curious to see how that evolves, you know, in my business and in myself over the next couple of years, maybe even next year. Yeah, I, I totally can identify with that too. Like often, I, I've kind of been calling it the hamster wheel lately. Like I used to, when I used to be in the restaurant hospitality business and I was opening places and running places, I felt like often it was just like a hamster wheel. Wake up, work out, go find out what all the problems are, deal with the problems take care of the customers, clean up, get, make sure the place is clean, do it all again the next day. And for the first time, like now I've, I've been, you've been coaching, I think, what did you, nine years, 10 years, something like that. Yeah. So, and I'm sure you've hit these pumps. Like I'm, I'm half right. Five years in and I'm hitting that first kind of moment where I'm like, Oh, it's feeling, it's a little hamster wheel. Like, Oh, get clients, work with clients, create podcasts. And it doesn't change. It does. It's not about not liking or liking. It's simply, a, it's, there's a routine now, right? It's not, it's not brand new anymore. And looking at how this could stay like this for 15 years, if I don't, if, if I'm the one that has to take action and looking at if I want it to evolve, if I want to get off the, the, this hamster wheel that I just noticed, it requires stepping out out of my comfort zone again. I have to change something, level up, go for way bigger goals. Maybe fire clients that aren't aligned with where I'm at anymore. Yeah, yeah. I was just giving a workshop on career clarity, and I developed this uh, this Venn diagram called the career sweet spot. And in in my mind, in my beliefs, you need to have three things for your career to be like in that sweet spot. And is it is it something that challenges you? Is it something that you want to learn? Is it something that you're good at? And is it something that you feel is meaningful? And uh, I think your job can move into a, a job, right? Can be in a sweet spot and move into each, any of those categories and in either in any way over the course of just work. And as you're mentioning, like any job, any job you're in, no matter how fulfilling you think it is, it can eventually feel like you're in this, uh, on this hamster wheel. Like the challenge goes away. What you want to learn goes away. Um, and so getting that, getting that back is truly important and takes, takes like personal effort. Uh, and, you know, so in terms of like job satisfaction, I try to speak to employees and, and empower them, right? To be in, accountable for their own emotions and their own feelings. And like that awareness is so important because if you weren't aware of that and you just kept going on this hamster wheel, all of a sudden you're gonna start questioning your business and your life and your career and say, you know, I thought this was it, but now I'm feeling like it's not it. When really it's just, you just need to just change something a little bit. Let's talk about changing something with a pill because <laughs> you, <laughs> okay. you created a pill and you're now yeah. the, you're the second person who's been on this podcast who, who's created a pill that has an impact on your life. Now the, the first person, his, there was nothing in his pill. It was a placebo 
and it's it's <laughs> it's, it's called Xpill. It's called Xpill, and it's supposed to be a placebo. It's not intended to pretend, but the idea is that you assign kind of characteristics or power to this pill, and then you swallow it, which is kind of like a physical taking a physical commitment. That's You're, super neat. Yeah, I like that. I yeah. Like concept. Robert Richmond, he's awesome. Um, he so, but your pill, the um, the breakup supplement is actually there's actually things in it. It's not like just rice powder. T <laughs> tell us yeah. about the the breakup uh, supplement, like what it is, how it even came to be, and and you know just whatever you want to share. I'm curious. Yeah, I, I could trace everything I do in my life and career just due to experiences that I've had. Like I never thought I'd be a coach, but then I honestly like just kept having experiences like this and i told you i was kind of headhunted and then i branched off and wrote a little pocketbook and then to sell it i realized i needed to build a brand uh, and then another time i, I received a, a federal grant for six months of free life coaching from the maternal and child health department i received 16 months of coaching uh for, through through my my old uh, healthcare organization that i worked for and which made me really interested in leadership development and so with this pill like I got hired to write a series of articles for Elite Daily on breakups and exes. And so I was surrounding myself for a good amount of time with just research on breakups. And I was having a conversation with someone who was going through a breakup about the articles that I wrote and really trying to console them and just be like, look, it's just neuro, it's just neurological. Like these are chemicals in your body that, be, that are being released because of your attachment to this person. And, I'm like, and I was like, literally, you could probably take a pill for this. Like you could, you could just find some supplements that are the precursors to, to these neurotransmitters that are going on, like dopamine and, and, and serotonin, and you could feel better. You're just off kilter right now because your sources of those, those neurochemicals is gone, your ex. And she was like, oh, I would totally take that pill. <laughs> and I was like, wait a second. <laughs> Why isn't there something like that on the market? And so I did a little bit of research and there, there wasn't anything on the market uh, and you, there, you can buy these supplements separately. Uh, but I was like, why wouldn't you just market something for people going through heartbreak or separation to help them kind of come back to home, you know, to normal, right? Mm -hmm. to just their normal sense of balance. So they're still dealing with the loss of this relationship, but they have the chemicals they need that are, you know, that are responsible for a large part of why they feel the way they do. Um, even if, because even if you think that your partner is wrong for you, they still are responsible for like releasing dopamine and helping you feel, you know, happy and responsible, you know, if you're going through high levels of stress because of the breakup, your, your levels of serotonin are low. And so you can't, you, you have really difficult, you have a difficult time with impulse control, you know, which is why you're kind of like stalking their social media profiles, and maybe, maybe and calling them and such. And so you put all, put, put all these in a supplement, right? Put all these precursors in a supplement and just and put it on the market and see what happens. And how did it go? What kind of like feedback did you get? Like what's, what happened afterwards? Yeah. So I, you know, I was like, there's going to be this huge boom, you know, and just put it out there. People are going to buy it. And I was like, okay, no, nope, probably have to do some marketing. And so I just started writing articles, started appearing and doing guest appearances, started going on podcasts, uh, put some money into Amazon ads and stuff like that. And yeah, that ramped it up. Uh, now I'm kind of curious of what I'm going to do next because it hasn't taken off like I thought it was going to take off, but I still get a decent amount of orders. You know, what I'm really hoping is, uh, you know, put it out there in the universe that someone just comes up and wants to buy the name for me mm -hmm. <laughs> because I'm not in the supplement business. Yeah. You know, and I, I have a lot of, I have a background in basically like taking an idea and running with it. And so for the past, I think two years, I've really tried to not do that. And 
and this you know to work in in multiple areas where your energies are being like pulled in in you know, different in different places i know that it can impact the, the success of other other parts of my life so currently trying to limit that so either hire someone to run it or have someone buy it it's kind of the goal hmm. i i really appreciate the like having an idea and going with it i we were talking before about things that stop people. And I noticed that comes up a lot with clients. And I don't mean to the point of like, there's some people that like keep creating and it's like, everything's a shiny new object. And so they never actually finish a project. But then there's a lot of people that have really great ideas and they don't take action on moving them forward or they take partial action, right? Like they start something and never finish it. And, you know, whether it's, whether this pill or anything you do becomes a thing that actually makes a really big difference in people's lives, the, I know that the practice and the habit of doing it and moving things forward also just kind of tells your subconscious like, Hey, I said I was going to do something and I did it. And that alone makes the next thing you want to do a little bit easier because you actually know that you can complete the things that you say you're going to do. Yeah. I mean, highly suggest any listeners, if you want to make a podcast, make it, if you want to write a book, write it. If you want to write a blog, you know, do it. Like if you want to, if you want to create a supplement, try it out. If you, it's just like every time I've done something in my life just teaches me an exorbitant amount of information. I mean, every new experience you have alters you in some way. And next time I make a supplement, if I choose to, it's going to be 10 times better. The next time I decide to you know, make a podcast, it's going to be a hundred times better. Anytime I decide to write a book, now it's going to be a thousand times better. Mm. And so if you, but if you wait for the perfect thing to create something, then that perfect thing is, is only going to be as good as the first time you ever created something, yeah. which just by definition is not going to be as good, mm -hmm. right? As your third or fourth or fifth time. When you, what are the things that you are like, since we're talking about like where we stop and the fears that we have and the things we don't create, I'm going to put you on blast for a second, but like, what's something that you're like thinking about creating that you're not creating that maybe in this moment you can say to the world that'll kick you forward a little bit. <laughs> uh, it goes along with go going bigger, right? It's it's taking my material and recording it more, making like an online community, putting it online, having courses and things like that, and it's it's just going bigger and it's just going bigger, and getting like ever you know evergreen content out there. And it's yeah, you can be comfortable with your coaching clients and your workshops and stuff like that, but. I'll put it out there. I've been I've been toying with the idea for a while, but I did create an initial course, right? I created it a while ago before I kind of invested in like a nice DSLR and like some nice recording, you know, some really good equipment and stuff like that. So I did take a step forward, but man, I for sure have been lagging there. I can I can put that out there. I love that you just threw a course. So I I just created my first course. Uh, it I started the process in the middle of 2019. It took about six months to create all the content and then somebody put it together, like actually put it on, you know, online on Kajabi and whatnot and took all the information and built the workbook. And dude, it was that there was a, there were breakthroughs and actually putting it together, like, you know, creating the content and, and judging myself. Is it good enough? Is, you know, is it, are people going to get value and like constantly questioning? And I had to use the people around me to keep pushing me forward. Cause I kept wanting to stop. And then I think I put it out, uh, in February and it's been out on, you know, you can buy it through my Instagram or, uh, my website or whatnot. It's, it's basically a course built off my book, fictional authenticity. 
And it's, it's like a, you know, there's 25 video modules and 50 page workbook. And it's, it's a self-guided course and it's tough. Like I'm actually having to be with the things we were just talking about. Like it's my first course. So I'm super excited about it. I know it provides value. I know there's people that will benefit from it. And I know that I can do it way better. Right. Cause it's the first time, but I think about there's people that are like, Oh, just, just, you know, scrap it and do the better one or don't put it out. Or like everyone has their opinion, which to whatever it's irrelevant, but I love the idea of like, Hey, that first one, it matters. That first time you got on a bike and fell off like this first course, there's value in it. There's so much I can learn. There's stuff in it for other people. It'll be around forever. It's not going to go anywhere. You know, maybe it'll get updated and whatnot, but yeah, if you need any help, let me know how I can help you. I just went, yeah. I also just, yeah. I learned a ton from the experience of how I would do it differently next time. Um, I want to, I want to see if there's anything that you, as we kind of like get towards the end here, I want to know if there's anything that you want to leave people with any advice, tips, thoughts that you're like, man, I've been wanting to talk about this. I haven't had the opportunity, you know, maybe something I, you would have wished I would have asked you a question about that. You just want to kind of start throwing out into the, in, into the sea of human beings. I mean, can I just get on a soapbox for a moment? And Please. Kind of, yeah. I think one of the most influential, like personal beliefs that I have uh, is that the worst advice I ever was given was to find your purpose. Uh, and, the, and that can be a little misinterpreted, but the advice really leads to why, you know, I founded live for yourself. Uh, and it, it's not that having a purpose is, is bad, um, but it's how you believe your purpose is important that, that makes a difference. You know, in my, in my past, the things that I dedicated my life to define my life. And, you know, knowing and understanding that anything that you feel that you have to create or that you have to, that you have to live for, you know, understanding that you are the creator of that and that it can never be more important than who you are, right? Balance your own personal health uh, um, was is so influential to how I live my life today, um, and what I mean when I say live for yourself. It's not to live selfishly, right? It's not to it's not to ignore other people. It it really is though to understand who you are at your core, not just your purpose, but your values, right? What you stand for, what you care about, and then to basically filter through everything that you experience in life through those values and say, this, this is the environment I want to live in. These are the friends I want to have, the people I want to meet. This is, the, this is the type of job or organization, you know, that I want to work for. This is what I want to believe. This, this, is, this is what I want to tell myself of who I am each and every single day. I mean, it's never just one thing that you're trying to create. It's so much more than that. And that doesn't mean that you don't put yourself in experiences that make you uncomfortable. It doesn't mean that you don't go to environments that align with your values, but it means that you understand that they misalign with your values. You understand that they're going to cause you distress. You understand that they, these might be great opportunities for you to grow, but that you always need to come back to this idea of who am I and how do I craft my life to be more aligned with who that person is. And without just personally believing that anything that you care about or have created is more important than that and who you are. Mm. And now I'm getting off my soapbox. <laughs> No, thanks. I love that you just asked if you could get on a soapbox. That's like what the opportunity is for. Thanks for grabbing it. Um, ben, doctor, 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 Ben. I don't want you to forget you're a doctor. I don't want anyone to forget you. Um, no, I actually, you know what? It's one of those things where I think, dude, becoming, getting your, you know, your doctorate in something 
is such a massive commitment. It's like nobody should step over that. You know what I mean? I, it's something no one can take away from you. And it's something that you had to put in extraordinary amount of time and commitment. So it's, I think it's something that we should like honor. It's really cool. And I can't think of how many people want to become doctors in any sort of way. And they stop short, they quit, they give up, they come up with reasons not to. So it, it is something to be, I think it's something to be really be honored and proud of. Um, I want to thank you though, for being here. We met through a mutual friend who is just an amazing person for both of us. And we connected once, you know, I, I really wanted to bring you on here and share your wisdom, your knowledge, your heart, um, with, with the audience. Thanks for, for being, you know, your excitable self, your vulnerable self, you know, speaking about your own life personally, but also about the things and the people and the impact that you have. Uh, I really appreciate you coming on today. And I really appreciate you having me. Uh, it's, it's been more than a pleasure. Thanks a lot. And if people are in Chicago, they can find you. That's like where you're based. That's where you do a lot of events. If they want to track you down and find you like outside of Chicago, you, they can find you at liveforyourselfconsulting.com. Yeah, that's Is, perfect. And if you want to message me, just hit me up on LinkedIn. Just look up Benjamin Ritter. I pop up and send me a message. I'm awesome. pretty, pretty available on that. Cool. And I'll put everything will be in the show notes. So if you just want to click links, listeners, you can do that. Thanks for listening. Dr. Ben, thanks for being here, man. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening. Honestly, I'm just a rebel who found a cause and has a dream. And I'm super grateful for your support. If you got anything from this, please help me out and share this podcast with one person today. You can find me at thedreammason.com or at Inspirational Alex on Instagram. You are a dream mason because your dreams don't build themselves.